Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of The Informed Catholic. My name is Net Jabbar, and this is going to be episode 141 of The Informed Catholic, episode 141. So this is the 15th Sunday of Ordinary Time. We're in the 15th Sunday of uh, Sunday of the Ordinary Time. So uh, before we go any further, please subscribe and share to my podcast. It'll be a great help. Uh, I really would appreciate it. So, um, yeah, subscribe, share, uh, tell your friends. I hope you like it. Okay, so uh, let's begin with the opening prayer, which is the confession in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thought and in my words and what I have done and what I have failed to do. Through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault, therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to please pray with me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us all our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Kiri elision, kiri elision, kiri elision, Christe elision, Christe elision, Christe elision, kiri elision, kiri elision, kiri elision. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to people of goodwill. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you, we give you thanks for your great glory. Lord God, Heavenly King, O God, Almighty Father, Lord Jesus Christ, Only Begotten Son, Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, have you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. You take away the sins of the world, receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand of the Father, have mercy on us. For you alone are the Holy One, you alone are the Lord, you alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and the glory of God the Father. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, I'm so happy that uh, we're together doing the uh, readings for the 15th Sunday. Um, I started last week to um, do a episodes. I'm going to do episodes on the uh, the Gospel of St. Mark. Um, I'm going to keep my promise. We're going to do that. So uh, right now, we're going to do the readings for the 15th Sunday in Ordinary Time. Okay, so the first reading is going to be from the book of the prophet Amos, chapter 7, verse 12 to 15. Go prophesy to my people. A reading from the book of the prophet Amos. All right. Amaziah, priest of Bethel, said to Amos, Off with you, visionary. Flee to the land of Judah. There earn your bread by prophesying, but never again prophesy in Bethel, for it is the king's sanctuary and a royal temple. Amos answered Amaziah, I was no prophet, nor have I belonged to any company of prophets. I was a shepherd and a dresser of sycamores. The Lord took me from following the flock 
and said to me, Go prophesy to my people Israel. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right, let's read it one more time. A reading from the book of the prophet Amos, chapter 7, verse 12 to 15. Go prophesy to my people. Amaziah, priest of Bethel, said to Amos, Off with you, visionary. Flee to the land of Judah. There earn your bread by prophesying, but never again prophesy in Bethel, for it is the king's sanctuary and a royal temple. Amos answered Amaziah, I was no prophet, nor have I belonged to any company of prophets. I was a shepherd and a dresser of sycamores. The Lord took me from following the flock and said to me, Go prophesy to my people Israel. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right. So why? Um, what's going on here? What's happening? Why is Amos being, um, prophet Amos being sh uh, shunned off? Well, it, as Jesus said, a prophet is not welcomed anywhere, not even his own country. Uh, and this is true. Um, a prophet is never accepted in among his own people. Um, priest of Bethel. Um, well, we know what happened. All right. It's, he says here, it's a, uh, the priest referred to Bethel. It is the king's sanctuary and a royal temple. So obviously what's happening here is, uh, there's a lot of apostasy. And one of the interesting things you will notice is that um, when things go really, really bad, especially among the people of Israel, their 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 religion, their culture, um, the breakdown of society, the breakdown of work of proper worship, uh, apostasy, blasphemy starts showing up. Uh, abuse, a lot of moral, moral breakdown, moral breakdown within like the family and uh, moral breakdown of, um, of, of social norms, of, uh, of, 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 of uh, sexual norms as well. That's another thing that follows it. Everything seems to fall apart in among among the jewish people and among every among god's people in general throughout history whether it's among the jews or even among let's say christian civilization there seems to be a serious breakdown in in secular culture as well as religious culture uh what's happening now in our our uh, our church our our christian uh, civilization it should not be a surprise to us. Um, when certain civilizations reach a peak, uh, a, a certain success, then fo follows at some point, uh, somehow along the way, boredom and decadence. Decadence starts picking in and, and it starts creeping in and then, and then, um, <sighs> hubris 
starts creeping in. And then what happens is the, the culture seems to go to a battle. I mean, the, the, the Jewish kings, the Davidic kings start falling apart morally. Morally, they start falling apart. Spiritually, they start falling apart. Corruption starts ki uh, kicking in. People begin to love and worship their their physical existence, wealth, power, money, sex. Um, religion becomes just a, a, a sort of... Um, just just a just a tool to be used for for show and power and you know necessarily paganism doesn't necessarily just have to mean uh, a statue paganism itself means uh what the people really worship in their hearts okay um we know for a fact that uh you know people worship money people will worship politics people will worship the the political arena that people will worship their fame uh possessions anything sex sexual uh perversions uh that's really what they really worship the pagan idol is only you know can only fall as uh, because it's just a statue not that it's proper to worship false gods but it begins to represent what's really in their hearts and they refuse to acknowledge publicly but they do acknowledge it through their bad behavior you know um it, the ancient people began to worship uh began to practice child sacrifice we in our society practice child sacrifice we call it legalized abortion it's a, just another form of child sacrifice, all right? Uh, in, in certain cultures, they begin to have sexual immoral behavior, right? Pornography, uh, adultery, uh, fornication, um, you know, orgies, uh, homosexuality, you know, even cross-dressing. I mean, Josephus mentioned in in one of his in his text, uh, the Annals of the Jewish People. He mentioned how the aristocrats of Jerusalem, their sons began to behave badly on the streets and dressed in drag. In ancient Rome, uh, Saint Augustine mentioned about a particular day where particular men would come out dressing in women's garments and they would have actually their surgical members, their their body parts, their, their genitals publicly cut and people would come out in ancient Rome to actually uh, come out into an area, to the area to see this. It was, it was, it was a spectacle. All right. You know, I mean, Nero's court, Caligula, the things that these guys did. The things that they 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 did, uh, Nero killed his his wife, his pregnant wife. He kicked her to death. All right, and supposedly he even had one of his servants, who he thought was attractive and looked like his his dead his dead wife, had him mutilated, to look like. You know, to look you know, to look like a, a woman. He told them make him into a woman. These are things that happened in society when a culture reaches a point where 
it's cracking at the seams. Just recently, um, the San Francisco Gay Choir put out a, a, a ridiculous stunt where they were singing, um, the, you know, these square boxes and they're talking about coming for your children, mocking, mocking parents and actually admitting for once you're right, we are trying to convert your kids and we're doing it, we're doing it slowly, step by step. And you can't do nothing about it because, you know, you know, they, they have control of the education system. They have a political party behind them to protect them. And they admitted that they're going to actually change you know, take, take the kids away. And yeah, in a sense, you know, they call, you know, they mock by saying, we're going to make them more loving and kinder and more accepting. And, you know, not even you can't stop them what they can find on the Internet. They were they were saying all this stuff. And it's actually true. This is exactly what is happening. So now how do we get to someone like Amos, a prophet who comes around to preach to send the word of God, and he is being chased away by an a, a, a false priest, a, apostasy. Well, look what happened to Father Altman. He just got um, kicked from his diocese. Uh, I mean, I know there's technical, I mean, you know, technical, his, his priestly, um, his priestly uh, powers have been suspended. I mean, he could only say math, I think only privately for himself and maybe for his family, but he can't, he cannot perform publicly anymore. Several priests have, have, have come out when priests speak out against their bishops, when they speak out against what they believe is corruption and apostasy, they, they, they risk the chance of being attacked by their bishop and attacked by their by the by by even parishioners, lay people, uh, because they don't want them to speak the truth. This is a common fact. Okay, you're you know, as a priest, you're taking a risk, but it is also a duty. John the Baptist himself took a risk. He knew that going into marching into Herod Antipas's court and then uh calling him out on taking his his living brother's ex-wife, marrying her, divorcing and abandoning his legal wife, Facilis, and then, and then, um, uh, basically, he, he, he publicly parades it around. Not even the high priest Caiaphas and Annas would even call him out on it. And why would they? Why would they risk uh, putting their neck? Just like politicians today. All right. What well, politicians today are going to flaunt their sins. The bishops, just like back then, like a Caiaphas and Annas, and today, they're going to uh, they're going to keep quiet about giving communion to a politician that is not living in a state of grace. So you see, holy prophets. Are, call, uh, are going to be calling, be, are going to be called out by God to do their duty from their comfortable, safe living to come out and admit and, and, and represent God, to speak out 
and take a risk putting their life on the line, their safety on the line. Yes, these things are going to happen. All right, let's go out to the um, to the, to Psalm. All right, so Psalm 85. The response is, let us see your kindness and grant us your salvation. Lord, let us see your kindness and grant us your salvation. Lord, let us see your kindness and grant us your salvation. I will hear what God proclaims. The Lord, for he proclaims peace. Near indeed is his salvation to those who fear him. Glory dwelling in our land. Lord, let us see your kindness and grant us your salvation. Kindness and truth shall meet. Justice and peace shall kiss. Truth shall spring out of the earth. And justice shall look down from heaven. Lord, let us see your kindness and grant us your salvation. The Lord himself will give his benefits. Our land shall yield its increase. Justice shall walk before him and prepare the way of his steps. Lord, let us see your kindness and grant us your salvation. Okay, so I will hear what God proclaims and the Lord, I'm sorry, the Lord for he proclaims peace. I will hear what God proclaims. The psalmist is saying, the Lord, for he proclaims peace. God proclaims peace. Near indeed is his salvation to those who fear him. Glory dwelling in our land. Near indeed is, is his salvation to those who fear him. Glory dwelling in our land. Now, those those who fear him. In other words, the fear is not talking about like fear, like as though you're fearing a father who comes home and beats you every night. No, what this fear is, the fear of losing his love, the fear of sinning against him, the fear of breaking his heart, the fear of breaking his law. The psalmist here is talking about a deep, intimate relationship where it's personal, uh, hearing God's word is personal, experiencing God's presence is personal, in a very personal, uh, uh, romantic, uh, almost like, uh, you know, an intimate relationship between a husband and wife. It is a deep, deep romantic relationship. The psalmist here is this is not like a, a slave and a master. This is basically the loved and and the lover, the beloved and the belo uh, you know and the lover. The psalmist here, everything the psalmist has is per, uh, talks about God is on a deep, personal, deeply spiritual, romantic level. And so it's you know, so therefore, the fear is losing this relationship. The fear is breaking the heart of, of God. And that's not what the psalmist wants. So near indeed is his salvation to those who fear him and glory dwelling in our land. It's, you know, 
the, the person, you know, people like that are a benefit even to their own, to, to their neighbors, to their culture. Holy people are a positive for a culture. We're not talking about self-righteous people. We're not talking about people walking around with their holiness on their sleeve. That's not what we're talking about. But we're talking about saints are a benefit to their people, to other people, a benefit to their family, a benefit to their city, a benefit to their country, a benefit to their community. Holiness is a benefit. It's a plus. Now, not walking around with a puffed up, holier than thou attitude that's a that that that's 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 not good all right next verse kindness and truth shall meet justice and peace shall kiss all right truth shall spring out of the earth and justice shall look down from heaven kindness and truth shall meet justice and peace shall kiss truth shall spring out of the earth and justice look down from heaven All right, so going from the next verse, kindness and truth shall meet, justice and peace shall kiss. These are basically the people of God, the people of God, the holy people of God, because they 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 recognize God's kindness. They recognize that you know to the the, that that they who believe in God, uh, you know, in a sense meet each other, acknowledge each other, it's a benefit. It's a benefit for, for, for their culture, for their kingdom, for their families. You know, they treat each other with respect, as God's people should. They're not putting up a show. They really do acknowledge and love their fellow man. Justice and peace, justice and truth shall meet. I mean, kindness and truth shall meet, and peace shall kiss. Okay, this is the people of God. Truth shall spring out of the earth and justice shall look down from heaven. Because God, oh, who, who can be just in heaven? Only God. All right? Only God. But there are those who can imitate God's justice, follow like, you know, like the Beatitudes. They, they, they live, they live always in the constant presence of God. And they, they see, they see the things that they, they see the need to spread justice peace throughout the land. These people fear and love God that the they're they're showing positiveness around the world from 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 being holy. Okay. The Lord himself will give his benefits. Our land shall yield its increase. Justice shall walk before him and prepare the way of his steps. Yeah. Okay. So because they're living they're living holiness they're they're showing positiveness and they're, and and it's starting to spread, and then therefore you know because of people see how God is is in our lives, they therefore bring God in their lives. That's that, that's the best way that I can put it. All right, so let's move on to the to Ephesians. Ephesians. Paul's letter to the Ephesians, chapter 1, verse 3 to 14. We're going to go all the way to actually, uh, yeah, we're going to read the whole way through. 3 to 14. There's a longer reading, there's a shorter reading, but we're going to stick to the the whole long one. God chose us in Christ before the foundations of the world. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Ephesians. 
Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavens, as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, to be holy and without blemish before him. In love, he destined us for adoption to himself through Jesus Christ, in accord with the favor of his will, for the praise of the, of the glory of of his grace that he granted us in the beloved. In him we have redemption by his blood, the forgiveness of transgressions, in accord with the riches, riches of his grace that he lavished upon us. In all wisdom and insight, he has made known to us the mystery of his will in accord with his favor that he set forth in him as a plan for the fullness of time to sum up all things in Christ, in heaven and on earth. In him, in him we, we, we were also chosen, destined in accord with the purpose of the one who accomplishes all things according to the intention of his will, so that we might exist for the praise of his glory. We who first hoped in Christ, in him you also who have heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, have believed in him and were sealed with the promise of his Holy Spirit, which is the first installment of our inheritance toward the, toward the redemption as Christ, as God's possession to the praise of his glory. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right. The Alleluia Antiphon taken from Ephesians chapter 1 verse 17 to 18 Alleluia Alleluia may the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ enlighten the eyes of our hearts that we may know what is the hope that belongs to our to our call Alleluia Alleluia may the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ enlighten the eyes of our hearts that we may know what is the hope that belongs to our call. Alleluia, alleluia. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, chapter 6, verse 7 to 13. He began to send them out. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Mark. Glory to you, Lord. Jesus summoned the twelve and began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over unclean spirits. He instructed them to take nothing for the journey, but a walking stick, no food, no sack, no money in their belts. They were, however, to wear sandals, but not a second tunic. He said to them, wherever you enter a house, stay there until you leave. Whatever places does not welcome you or listen to you, leave there and shake the dust off your feet in testimony against them. So they went off and preached repentance. The twelve drove out many demons, and they anointed with oil many who were sick and cured them. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, one more time. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, chapter 6, verse 7 to 13. Jesus summoned the twelve and began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over unclean spirits. He instructed them to take nothing for the journey but a walking stick, 
no food, no sack, no money in their belts. They were, however, to wear sandals, but not a second tunic. He said to them, wherever you, wherever you enter a house, stay there until you leave. Whatever places does not welcome you or listen to you, leave there and shake the dust off your feet in testimony against them. So they went off and preached repentance. The twelve drove out many demons, and they anointed with oil many who were sick and cured them. The gospel of the Lord praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Okay, so let's recap. We read from the Old Testament, the book of Amos. Amos was called by God, by the Holy Spirit, to prophesy. And he was told to leave by a priest in Bethel uh, and never to prophesy there again. Uh, Amos, on his defense, spoke up and said, I was never in a company of prophets. I was a shepherd and a dresser of sycamore trees. Um, it's interesting. God, like we said, God always calls uh, lowly. He chooses people from a lowly background to speak on his behalf. He relates to shepherds and to sort of like uh, wine, uh, vine dressers or those who take care of fig trees and or sycamore trees or I guess olive trees. He relates to those because God uh, speaks through their profession. Those who till the ground, those who are farmers, those who are shepherds. And he speaks uh, through their profession as a way of expressing himself of how he cares about souls. A shepherd protects sheep. They follow the shepherd. One who takes care of uh, one's runs a uh, farm or takes care of grapes or figs or al almond trees or olive trees as one who takes care of a garden guard like the garden like the garden of eden and so god speaks through that profession as a way of ministering to people he always does that he always picks those kind of uh, groups of people to speak through now um like we said amos spoke at a time of great apostasy, of great heresy. And a prophet is not honored in his own country, is never honored in his own country. People, when they have strayed away from God and started doing their own thing and practicing immorality and evil, um, pretty much um, they're not going to like it when they're criticized. They're not going to like it. They, they, they don't want to hear that they're straying. They don't want to hear that they're uh, abusing God's word or, or abusing his temple or his church. They don't want to hear that. They begin to think it's their property. It's like pretty much what's happening now. The sexual abuse crisis, the abuse of mass, uh, the Holy Eucharist. 
uh, being blasphemed and given to immoral Catholics, uh, politicians whose sins are known publicly. I'm saying their sins are known publicly. It's publicly known, all right, that a president supports abortion. It's publicly known that he supports immoral marriages like gay marriage. The sin has to be publicly known, as Thomas Aquinas says, in order that one, a priest or a bishop, has to publicly excommunicate this person from receiving Holy Communion. That is the most important sacrament we have. All right? He's, Joe Biden is a baptized Catholic, a confirmed Catholic, and he chooses to support, uh, including Nancy Pelosi and many other Catholics, they chooses to oppose the teaching of the church. If one sin was private, that's a different matter. Okay, but when it's publicly known and publicly displayed, that's different. It's different. It has to be opposed because you're creating scandal. Unfortunately, yeah, it's true. Just like that priest said last week when he talked about abortion and Holy Communion with a politician that the church, the, the pre bishops have lost this battle a long time ago. That's true. But as usual, you pretty much told everybody that, well, it's bad, you know, that, that the church lost, lost this battle, but you haven't given an answer. Well, I'm afraid, this, uh, this is sad, I don't think it's possible for this, for these bishops to do the right thing. Um, they control a corrupt corporate institutional church. And therefore, this corrupt institutional church is devoid of grace. It's devoid of grace. It's devoid of the Holy Spirit of God. I'm not saying that the church itself, the one established by Christ, has been corrupted. No, that church has never been corrupted. But the one controlled by these sinful, blasphemous, um, wicked men must be, uh, we have to oppose it. We have to oppose it. Father James Altman, who spoke up and he knew what he was doing, just like John the Baptist knew what he was doing, what he was getting himself into. He loves the Catholic Church. He believes the Catholic Church was established by Christ. He believes that the, that the successor of Peter was given the responsibility to guide and protect the church. I'm not denying that Pope Francis is not the Pope. He is the Pope. But he is the Pope of a corporate, um, corporate and wicked institution. The corporate church. 
the one that is the made in the image of men, not made by God. All right. That's that's the church. I'm afraid that that church can't be saved. I still believe that Christ established a church. I believe the priesthood comes from Christ. And I believe, yeah, I believe the sacraments are valid. I believe the baptisms are valid. But, unfortunately, it's in the hands of a corporate institutional church. A very ugly, wicked, man-centered institution that denies that it's at war with Christ, that denies the divinity of Christ, that denies the more that human beings can be moral, uh, can be, can be saintly. This, this corporate institutional church doesn't want holiness. It doesn't want to preach the gospel. It doesn't want people to go to heaven. It doesn't believe, it doesn't even think about heaven. It thinks about earthly things. It's run by homosexuals who don't care. I mean, I don't know if I were you. I don't know if you heard anything, but the San Francisco gay gay choir, all right, put out a horrible musical, We're Coming for Your Children. All right, they did. They came for for the priesthood. They have corrupted the priesthood. They corrupted the teachings that they're 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 suffocating the gospel. All right, the institutional church is run by men. The corporate church is run by unbelieving men. Bo- bo- no, it's unbelieving in men. You hate to say it, but they're even in the traditional Latin mass crowds. Some of the bishops are in there. Satan knows how to cover his tracks. It doesn't make the sacraments null and void. But it just, it just hurt, you know, it, it, it stifles, it strangles the gospel. I'm afraid this is going to continue for a long time. It, I may never in my lifetime see the Catholic Church as it should be. But I am not going to abandon the faith. I am not going to abandon the sacraments. I'm not going to abandon it. I'm going to stick to it. But with all honesty, I'm going to say it. This institutional corporate church, I've given up on. I've given up on it. You know, it's just not worth saving. It has to die. And I believe in order for a true, holy, the true and holy Catholic Church to finally come back on top, run by real holy men, real priests, real men, that's the only way. This corporate institutional church, stay away from it. Stay away from it. I'm not saying stop being Catholic. I'm just saying, as Christ said, 
Do what they say, but don't do as they do. It makes sense. And unfortunately, um, they're never going to preach the gospel. They don't believe in sin. They don't believe in redemption. They don't believe in our Lord. That's uh, this is this is an honest fact. All right, so what do we do? I mean, when we read something like Paul's letter to the Ephesians, well, we have to put our hope in Christ. We to believe in Jesus, to follow Jesus Christ, to really, really surrender your life to Him. You have to see that. The Christian faith is a remarkable faith. There's so much unbelievable holiness and possibilities. There's so much unbelievable layers of of climbing the mountaintop to 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 be to be with Jesus Christ. It's unbelievable. You know, you go from grace to grace, from faith to faith. Yes, there's challenges. There's there's uh, difficulties along the head but it's not impossible okay now when you look at the the gospel you see that Christ uh, sent out his apostles two by two I mean what else can you say I mean he wants he wants them to go out there and support to support the faith and the only one we can you know we can uh, look to is the is the Catholic faith. Jesus is the summit of the faith. The the holiness of the faith comes from him. He is the source of it. All right. So I'm going to end it here. Um, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory now and forever. Amen. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible. I believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, born of the Father before all ages. God from God, light from light, true God from true God. Begotten, not made, consubstantial with the Father. Through him, through him, all things were made. For us men and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. And by the Holy Spirit was incarnate of the Virgin Mary and became man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. And rose again on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead. And his kingdom will have no end. I believe in the Holy Spirit. The Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, and with the Father and the Son is adored and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. I believe in one holy, Catholic, and apostolic church. I confess one baptism for the forgiveness of sins and look forward to the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.